my beautiful human persons, welcome to the Project Leadership Communicast, where we bring you our latest insights on communication across teams, organizations, and change without the detached nerdy jargon. We even have some guests come on to share their expertise on occasion. If you like what you hear, you can support the show by subscribing to the Project Leadership Communicast wherever you get your podcasts. I am one of your hosts, Jason Lauber. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, the one and only James Lauber. James, how are you? I'm really good, thank you. How are you today? I'm feeling fantastic. And you know what? We do have a great show that uh, for our listeners today, and I really do want to get into it. Uh, so, James, what are we talking about today? Well, I would like to talk about the difference between management and leadership. Is there, in fact, a difference between management and leadership? Is it so that some people are managers and some people are leaders and they're two distinct things? Mm -hmm. Is it uh, so that you have to be both in order to be a successful manager? I would tend to argue that the better you are at both of these skills, the better you're going to be as an asset to an organization. Mm -hmm. uh, however, there's uh, very particular needs of management. Management is handling the details and executing the plan. Leadership is more about, I would say, uh, formulating the plan, uh, big picture plan, the strategy, and mm -hmm. then being able to move it forward. And most importantly, being able to create a culture where other people are willing, able, and enthusiastic to embrace that long-term vision and move it forward without you directly being involved in what they're doing. And so leadership is leading by example, where people are encouraged to follow whether they're doing it deliberately or not. They're just on board. Right. Because management is taking care of the details, which have to be taken care of, or you're not really sure of just what how much progress and how quickly the progress is going compared to your benchmark where you'd like it to go. Right. Uh, that's great. That's a really great uh, personal definition of sort of management and leadership. And I think it's a really great way to start off our discussion. Um, as a follow-up to that, I guess, so I know that you've worked in many, many different organizations. Uh, is your view, as you just elaborated, is that common in the organizations that you've worked with or in organizations generally? Or have you encountered other definitions of management and leadership? Hmm. That's a great question. Makes me want, makes me smile and wonder what, how, how deep down this rabbit hole do I want to go? Uh, I've worked very closely with a large number of organizations of many different sizes. Uh, I've met people who manage through fear and intimidation. I've mm -hmm. met people who both manage and lead through fear and intimidation. I've met people who manage and lead through example and through compassion. So there's a wide spectrum. And my experience with a few dozen organizations doesn't really give me enough insight to say what it is like in general. But mm -hmm. if you scope that back to a societal question, mm -hmm. we generally live in a society where the winner wins and the loser loses. And therefore, if you're in a position of power or you perceive yourself to be in a position of power, mm -hmm. the temptation to exercise that power tends to be great. Right. And um, so I guess in that case, uh, I'll, I'll pick up on your earlier, and you did correct yourself, but uh, you'd initially you know, spoken of management when it seems like you had intended to talk about leadership. And again, you did correct yourself on that later. That did get me thinking, though, uh, 
is it common in your experience for folks in regular, like everyday folks in regular organizations to distinguish between sort of management functions and leadership functions are if I to describe it in functions, is that even relatable to like an average person working in an average organization? How do people generally see management and leadership? Are they the same? Um, I actually like to bounce back with a question to make sure I understand what your question is. Are you talking about from the perspective of managers within the organization or leadership within the organization? Or are you talking about the perspective from the participants or the, the team members in the organization? I, I'm not clear which, which perspective you're asking about. So I guess uh, that's a great follow-up. Thank you for that. I guess what I would do is I would pull on your experience as an experienced project manager yourself. Uh, based on the teams that you've worked with, both that are working for you uh, and that you report to, do you see a difference between um, the people um, who tend to be team members and people who tend to be in leader in like very high-level leadership positions? Is there a difference between how they tend to see management and leadership? Does that impact how they interact with you when you are in when you yourself are in a management position? Well, I think people have their natural tendencies and some people have natural tendencies to be good at managing details. And some people have natural tendencies to be enthusiastic about participating in managing details, which is not nearly the same thing, although it might sound similar. Mm -hmm. um, it's really very individualistic and it depends not only on the individual's um, nature, but it mm -hmm. depends on the individual's environment at the time and it depends on the corporate environment or culture at the time as well. So I've worked over you know, multi-year projects with organizations that have changed depending on the nature of the moment. Uh, as I've been there and I've observed it, like if you're at the beginning of a project and you know that you have uh, X number of days, weeks, months to accomplish whatever the task is, mm -hmm. people behave differently than they do when you're at the tail end of a delivery deadline and you have hours <laughs> or days <laughs> to complete the task, which you didn't necessarily focus on enough in the beginning to be able to give yourself a lot of uh, trail lead time people have a tendency to procrastinate or uh, allow themselves to get absorbed in uh, nuances mm -hmm. early on and then at the end it's like a crunch to get to the end and when that crunch to get to the end happens people behave differently than when they're in the <laughs> <laughs> I'm early on in, uh, along the path, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it does. I, it does seem to change the dynamic a little bit. I got to say. Oh yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, turning the question to you personally, um, since you've talked about these distinctions between management and leadership, how about a self-assessment? Um, would you say that you're more at ease? in a management role or more at ease in a leadership role? Well, thank you for the question. At the risk of aggrandizing myself, uh, it just so happens that I've been uh, parachuted in as a consultant to many organizations over the years mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. for different reasons. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that I've had the opportunity 
to be a team member and mm -hmm. I've had the opportunity to be a team leader. Mm -hmm. And as a team member, you're, I would say, more balanced towards managing the details. Like you have a specific task, you have a specific responsibility. That's your contribution to the team's effort. Right. And you, I at least, tend to focus on it from a manage the task uh, frame of mind. Mm -hmm. and that's my role. When the role is to uh, lead a team, which I've had the opportunity to do, it's a very different um, set of objectives, frankly, because yes, you're concerned, well, not concerned, you're, you're aware of the tasks that have to be performed. You're mm -hmm. actually probably better off if you allow the people who are focused on the tasks to focus as undisturbed as possible. Of course, that provides that the results are coming in on schedule and on budget and on quality. But right. <clears throat> almost always that is the case and uh, people don't need to be or want to be micromanaged um, uh, given the opportunity to demonstrate that they're taking care of being of micromanaging themselves right so your job becomes more keeping the stress under control and keeping the um, interactive components uh, in line and making sure that people remain aware uh, as they're focused on their individual task, mm -hmm. that their individual task result has to be integrated into a bigger picture. And that's not really within their purview to focus on because it doesn't help them in their individual task, but that's mm -hmm. the leader's task is to keep track of how all of these things have to fit together in the end and what kind of timelines uh, and prerequisites have to be um, on schedule in order for things to fit together in the end smoothly. So there's time to deal with any things that doesn't go quite as uh, quite according to plan. Right. When you've seen managers who've been sort of thrust into uh, a leadership position through one circumstance or another, and it's worked, what characteristics or what traits or behaviors um, have you noticed are correlated with success? for somebody being a manager and a leader at the same time? The tandem manager-leader, what character, I just wanna make sure I understand the question. You're asking what characteristics need to exist or tend to exist for a um, individual to be a successful manager slash leader? Is that the question? In a sense, it might, if it helps to um, abstract this to the situation or the con the greater context, then uh, that would be helpful too. I guess what I'm trying to understand is um, for those people who are used to management that have been put into oftentimes, I think unexpectedly, leadership positions, there are success stories everywhere uh, of this kind of thing. And I'm sure you've seen a couple. Uh, what are some of the factors? Are there any uh, commonalities that you might look at and think, oh, okay, there might be something to this being a common factor for a successful manager leader? I would say in my observation, anytime there's a successful manager leader, because the skill sets are so different, it's it's in my experience almost always a result of training. Hmm. Um, 
that can be training by the individual on their own because they have an interest in it and mm -hmm. uh, they take responsibility for their role or it can be training um, as a result of the organization um, so there's all there, there's a number of different components there's the individual component there's the organizational component there's the training component and there's the culture component which meaning the corporate culture component right of course um, but ultimately it boils down to i think at the uh, rudimentary level it boils down to training it's not natural for us as individuals to be good at both managing and leading in fact i would go so far as to say it's not natural for us to be good at either managing or leading we are th those are both learned skills right uh, the management part tends to be uh, learned in school more than the leadership part the leadership part tends to be not learned in school well not learned in basic education anyway in advanced education of course it is you have the psychologies you have the od people you have the people who are trained in um the way people behave mm -hmm. uh, which is my great interest now uh, at this point in my career uh so enough about me and my perspective what i'm curious about at this point is your perspective because it's different than mine yours is in organization development which is a quite a different as i understand it is a quite a different perspective so i'm really curious and i'm really interested to hear about uh, how you would approach the same kinds of questions you've been asking me so specifically, the question I guess we'd like to start with is the difference between management and leadership from an organization development perspective and the training that goes into your profession. What would you have to say about the difference between management and leadership? Uh, it's a really great question. So I think the one of the biggest difference I think between our perspectives is that uh, I look at organizations as systems. In fact, I look at all uh, components of organizations as systems going down to teams. Controversially, even um, I see elements of systems in individuals as well, but that's getting into the weeds here. Uh, so I very rarely look at the individual in and of themselves is the point. I look at the whole of the functioning of, if it's an organization, sure, but let's bring it down to just the team level, keep this bite-sized and manageable, right? I don't look at the individuals of the team as much as I look at how they interact with each other. And so with that context established, if we take the functional definition of leadership to mean looking at how people interact with each other, that people component of getting a project or getting a job done, then that as an ODE consultant is what I'm really most focused on. Uh, very little of the uh, management stuff, but that's not my purpose. My purpose is to look at the uh, the people side, the social side, the, I guess you could call it the leadership side. Okay, so let me phrase this, uh, well, let me add a question. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, different schools of thought around, do you train to enhance someone's existing expertise or mm -hmm. do you train to enhance areas where Ex expertise is needed in order to end up with a more balanced person. So if you have someone who is very skilled at their particular technical task, let's say, mm -hmm. and not very skilled at interacting with others so that they can share their experience and 
you know, lend value to others in that way, <clears throat> or perhaps gain value from interacting with others uh, with similar experience, right? then would you say that an organization is uh, going to be better off by training up that person's individual skills and keeping them isolated to be even more proficient at their unique task? Or would you be better off as an organization to train that person to be more comfortable and adept at interacting with their peers so that as a group, there's going to be larger benefits? Uh, that's a really fantastic question. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm realizing now my answer might sound like a cop-out. I really hope it doesn't. Um, my answer would be to honestly ask them. Um, and the reason, the reasoning for this ties into a little bit of what I was talking about earlier with, uh, you know, the purpose of an OD consultant. Let's, let's use, let's use a case example of, let's say an IT help desk, um, crowd or department, let's say, um, IT, I'm not personally an IT, uh, professional. I can work my way around a computer, but that's not my profession, right? So when I approach a group of subject matter experts, I trust in their ability to assess the technical expertise that they need to develop. Now, that's not the only side of the picture. Uh, I do have some subject matter expertise on just human behavior, but my goal is not to, you know, stand up on a pulpit and preach that to whoever it is will listen. My goal is to empower the group or the system or the organization that I'm working with so that they can rec they can see the things that I see and intervene on themselves without my having to be there. That's the end game. So I guess in an, in an ideal world, uh, we would want to help train up both, most certainly. Uh, I don't think that's a controversial sort of view. Uh, in the real world, though, that's not always the case. And when we go from the theoretical to the practical, we're always going to be introducing more factors. So there are, I'm just prefacing this, there are a lot more factors that I'm going to touch on right now. The one that I'm going to focus on is uh, the needs of the situation, of the project situation. Let's make it a project. Uh, we could have, let's say, a computer like an IT project uh, group and everything along the project timeline is going great. Suddenly, for some reason that doesn't really matter, priorities shift such that instead of technical ability at working with computers, what's now needed in the situation is the ability to communicate uh, progress, let's say, to C-suite executives in the organization, let's say. Those are two very different skill sets. So, in the real world, I've often found that situ the needs created by situations change much more adaptably than uh, the people within them generally can. So if I had to give you one firm answer to that, I'd say the only, in a practical sense, the only skill that makes sense to me to train up is adaptability itself. And... I think that's about the simplest answer I can give uh, without really muddying it with all the other factors here. So what I, what I hear as an answer is in an ideal world, you train for all skills. Yes. So that you have a balanced team member. Mm -hmm. 
in reality, that's not always possible for any number of reasons. Yes. And you have to deal with the specifics of that individual reality uh, when you encounter it. Yeah. And the only way to, so the only, the only general thing that can be said, uh, given that we're acknowledging all of these very specific situations and very specific concerns is to build adaptability, to be able to shift according to the needs of the situation. Uh, if we're talking about a general, a generalized skill, that's the only one that inherently makes sense to me, given uh, how we're framing the question here and given operational concerns in the real world. You know what that sounds like to me? Ooh, that sounds like a whole other episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did have the thought myself. We're, we're probably going to have a different, a full episode yeah. on this, I suspect. Mm -hmm. Building adaptability is, is, is a big subject and can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but there are some norms that could be applied. I don't think they can be applied in the next two minutes. And since we're uh, pretty much at the end of the show, let's, uh, let's book that off for another episode. Well, much as I'd love to get into it with you, uh, it does seem like that is unfortunately all that all the time that we have for today. And so all that's left to do is, as always, to express my gratitude to every single one of you listening and to my co-host, James. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me on the show because I love being on the show. Every time I come on the show, in fact, I have a nice coffee. We have a nice conversation. It's always fun. So thank you for inviting me onto the show. Well, look, thank you for coming on to the show. I, I will say I'm not entirely certain whether you... <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. I'm not sure if you're being sarcastic through your tone. It's a little bit ambiguous. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> James, thank you again for coming on the show. Uh, look, it really does mean a lot uh, to me personally that you join me on this journey that we're on together. And the same is extended to all of our listeners. If you want to support us, if you want to find more of this show that we do, Look up the Project Leadership Communicast anywhere you find your podcasts. Hit the like button if there is one. Hit the subscribe button if there is one. If you don't feel like doing that, that's okay. But if you do, know that it really helps us and we are deeply, deeply grateful for you. Ditto. <laughs> and with that, we'll close. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Good night, all. I love the little pause before. <laughs>